On today's episode, Brandon Leon Gambetta and I express our love passionately, telenovela style. This is The Hard Move. Hello, and welcome to The Hard Move, a Powered by the Apocalypse discussion podcast. I am your host, Matthew Gravelin, and with me today is my guest, Brandon Leon Gambetta. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on, Matthew. Absolutely. So this is the earliest I've ever recorded an episode. It is <laughs> all of 1020 in the morning here in the Pacific Northwest. I still have my coffee. So this episode might get a little a little weird. We'll see what happens. Or like extra professional because it's so early, right? Oh, I am not a morning person. I am just like <laughs> dragging myself to do everything in the morning until about 10 or 11. And then mm -hmm. I start finally waking up. Uh, Brandon, so I, you you got your fingers in a lot of stuff. You, um, <laughs> you're you in charge of Stop, Hack, and Roll, um, which is a podcast about house ruling and game hacking and game design. And it also looks like you are um, hosting a podcast called Protean City. Kind of, yeah. I'm I'm one of the two hosts of Stop, Hack, and Roll. Um, I would definitely say James is more in charge of it. Uh, he is the tech and podcast guru that knows how to do everything. I'm just kind of the guy who talks about games. <laughs> but yeah, Stop, Hack, and Roll is a podcast that we build games on. And so like, it's really been focused on actually designing and making games. And actually, the big game that I'm kind of doing and people might know me from is a product of that podcast. Additionally, I am one of the GMs slash players slash plotter on Protean City Comics, which is a Masks actual play podcast that really tries to emulate a comic book run. So we spend a lot of time making sure that it isn't like a comic book movie. It is about, it's like a comic book. And so we do like a lot of stuff with like covers and issues and crossovers and things like that. Yeah, definitely. And that's where that game came from. Uh, you know, I think yeah. a lot of, unfortunately slash maybe fortunately, a lot of people nowadays have their association with quote comics through these huge blockbuster movies. And that is not what classic or even modern comic books feel like. Yeah. There's, there's like a, a distinct joy in playing masks <clears throat> and having a little second that you pause and you go like editor's note and you have the little box there. And like that just, that feels so good. And it lets you just throw in a moment of exposition and it makes you lets you feel like the universe just got way bigger. Ah, it's so much fun. Yeah, I, and that's one of my favorite things about. Um, I see this a lot in PPTA games. Is they theme, you know, the designers theme games around things we know, like books or movies yeah. or TV shows. Um, you know, Monster of the Week is another great example. It's yes. it's a format that we all instinctively know without yeah. really we don't know that we know but when we say <laughs> hey play this game like buffy or x files we go oh i know totally what that means also i mean that might be a great segue here speaking of these games themed on methods and functions of pop culture we're going to be talking about a move from a game you're working on yeah which I did it. I did it right in in test. Let's see if I can do it again um, to pronounce the name. It's I believe in you. <laughs> Pasión de las pasiones. Absolutely, Pasión de las pasiones. See, it sounds so much cooler when you do it, though. <laughs> I've I've been saying it a whole lot of times, and there's actually an extremely embarrassing story. It was originally called Pasión de los pasiones, which is also Passion of the Passions but it incorrectly gendered the word passion. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Miguel from Nahual, which is another phenomenal PPTA game, like had to get in touch with me and be like, hey, Brandon, um, <laughs> you, missed a, you missed an accent. And also uh, you've got the wrong gendered the. And so I'm just going to make these little, little changes for you. And <laughs> so we are going to be talking about a basic move um, from your game. And I, I think there's no better time than the present. Why don't you go ahead and name our move? Sounds good. The move that we're talking... Oh, so did we say that Pasión de las Pasiones is a telenovela game? No, we didn't. That's it right. I, I, yep, I, that's where I was going. That's where I was going. And then I got so self-conscious about my pronunciation. Which was, which was totally good, and you don't need to worry about it. 
Um, so I can I can intro it just because I've done it a yeah. million times. Yeah. Uh, so Pasión de las Pasiones is a game of Latinx telenovela romance. And so it is a game that is focused on emulating the genre of telenovelas and really letting your players come to the table, sit down, and have a truly Latinx experience that is also romantic and passionate and dramatic and pushes all of the buttons that a telenovela does. Because, like, there's this very big perception in the States that telenovelas are this, like, really silly thing. Like, you know, we see parodies of it on SNL and stuff like that. We see the big moments that are the most dramatic things where someone, like, hurls someone down the stairs or something like that. But if you sit down and watch a telenovela for more than, like, five minutes, you just get invested in it. And so that's what this game is trying to do, is just, like, grab that investiture and just get people uh, caring about the passion and love and drama and lies and secrets and everything like that. Yeah, and, and we were talking about it briefly before we started recording. In high school, I used to watch uh, American soap opera, uh, coincidentally titled Passions, and <laughs> it just leaned into the bizarre. But I still watched it, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I care very deeply about this character whose aunt is a secret witch, and there's voodoo, and her you know secret boyfriend will come. And it's just like, no, this is insane. This is all nonsense, and yet I care very deeply about what's happening here. Yeah, you sit down like at the beginning of one episode and you're like, Ugh, this is this is over the top. These characters are like bizarre. This person's a secret twin. Like that doesn't even make any sense. Right. No, their mother doesn't know they were born like this. Is <laughs> right. Ridiculous. And then like 20 minutes later, you're like, no, Eduardo, you have to go to her. She cares about you. And like that is that is just baked into the way that these shows are written. And so like, I'm trying to make a game that does some of that same stuff. As a Latino game designer, I wanted to produce and bring something that has that Latinidad like baked into it from the bottom up, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've been skimming um, you know, some of the stuff you've sent me and I don't have a ton of experience with telenovelas, but I, I feel that everything here is dramatic. And I know that's like a part yes. of all PBTA games is to be dramatic, right? But I can, I already <laughs> can feel it, even just in the names of the moves and the things that are, you know, the, the section headers of the book that I'm reading. It's just all giving you that indication that if you're not doing something grand and mm -hmm. scene stealing, then you're not yeah. doing enough. It needs to be yeah. there. The whole show just needs to fire on all cylinders, you know, crank to 11 at all times. That's that's what that's the feel we're going for here. Yeah. And so this game currently is there's an Ashcan version that's out, which is like a demo version mm -hmm. and a full version will be coming out this year, hopefully, or at least will be kickstarting this year and mm -hmm. hopefully coming out this year. But that's one of the big things that we were doing is just continuing to crank it up. Um, so you, I think, have seen both versions of this move, the Ashcan version, which is, I think, a little sloppy at this point, mm -hmm. um, and the new and improved version that I'm really excited about. Okay, so I think I wrote down the Ashcan version. So let's, okay. let's, let's get back to serious podcast business here, get back on track, <laughs> and I'll have you name the move, and you go ahead and read the version that you would like to discuss. Perfect. So... The move is express your love passionately. When you express your love passionately, roll with the questions. Are you dressed to impress? And do they believe that you are single? On a hit, your target gives themselves to you or reveals a secret they probably shouldn't. On a 10 plus, they also tell you whether they love you or not and who else they love. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it's a little bit different than the move I have written down, but I... I like you said, I think this is a it is a much cleaner, simpler move that I think stays more in line with the point of the like, the purpose of this. Yeah, move. absolutely. And, you know, the other one had some more choices and some more uh, other it, it touched other game mechanics a little bit more. Yeah. But I think let's just focus on that, because I think, you know, like you said, that's the move you're kind of going forward with now, right off the bat. Yeah, I think everybody heard you say roll with the questions, <laughs> which is not a thing anyone has ever heard before, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> and I love it, first of all. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, it does. This move 
and and as far as I'm aware, I looked again through the Ashcan. All of the basic moves, or, and frankly, yeah. all of the moves in this game, mm-hmm. there's no stats. There's no stats in no this stats. game. Yeah. So you roll with a number of questions. So this particular move has two questions that the the mover answers, and I'm assuming for every yes, they add a plus one. Absolutely. Additionally, they each playbook has a question that they ask every time, oh, um, which excellent. is basically like a a question to keep you on track with what you are, what you thematically are, right? Like what your archetype is all about. So like El Jefe has the question, are you taking control of this situation? If the answer is yes, plus one. If the answer is no, plus zero. Gotcha. And so they add their playbook question to the list of questions. Um, I think most of the, the moves I saw, there were two questions. Is that pretty yes, standard? Yes, there's two questions for all okay. of them. And that gets you with your playbook question that gets you up to the kind of more traditional plus three max PBTA Mm -hmm. type of system. So, uh, you know, it's a little weird at first when you look at it, but when you kind of run the numbers, when you, when you take away all the words and just look at this mathematically, it is the same PBTA role system. It's the same kind of spread of probabilities here. Yeah, and there's even conditions. Now, conditions were kind of a little bit in the ash can, but we weren't getting to them quickly enough, so we, like, ripped out the fat and went right to them. Um, Because that has been the theme of making this game work, is rip out the stuff that doesn't work and go right to the action. And those also confer a minus two and a plus one to a different move. Right. And, you know, honestly, that's why I like ash can versions, is Mm -hmm. I think everybody should make an ash can version of their you know, game, PBTA specifically, yeah. even if you're never going to sell it. A, yeah. it's great for play testers. Like, give somebody something that looks kind of nice. It's a nice touch. But it also forces you to see just how little you can put in here. Absolutely. Um, it's been very interesting because I've gotten so much guidance on what to do in the final version, and also a bunch of hype from people carrying around the the sexy cover of this book. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the photos, uh, the what is it? The Creative Commons public domain photos you have in here are the best. They're phenomenal. Magpie <laughs> uh, Games did a phenomenal job finding just incredible pictures. Yeah, these are great. Okay, so yeah, you roll plus questions. Again, these are, mm-hmm. are you dressed to impress? And do they believe that you are single? And... There's a little, you know, again, in the Ashcan version anyway, there's a little call out about what dress to impress means. And also just one of the things that I immediately thought was like, well, what if I'm in a at a black tie party? How do yeah. I impress in a black tie party? And it was really simply, and I had a lot, I was like, like I'm struggling with this. And then I read the line, maybe where everybody's just ready to express your love passionately. I'm like, that's just such an easy, simple way to deal with that question. Yeah, and... There are some little secrets, like little game design secrets that I've put into this game. Mm-hmm. Like part of it is I want people to be successful at some moves. Mm-hmm. Express Your Love Passionately is so core to telenovelas, right? It's yes. like that moment where they just go and they just lay everything bare. And so we want that to be a big moment. And so if you get like, oh, I'm going to go do this and then they fail. Yeah, that means we can twist it into something else. But like we wanted that moment and we want that moment to shine. Yeah. So it's okay to have a question that oftentimes will be yes. You're right. People, I've I've had situations where people tried to express their love passionately, and they were like sitting out by the pool, like having having a uh, a mojito and like you know enjoying themselves there, and they express their love, and they're like, I don't know if I'm dressed to impress, and I was like, What are you wearing? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, I'm in like a. I'm in like this like like really skimpy swimsuit and like you know I, I'm like kind of like wet from being next to the pool and I'm like did you just hear yourself? Sounds pretty You're impressive to, to me. Impress. Yeah, <laughs> and like so that is like part of it is getting the players to like say what is their character wearing because what you're wearing in a telenovela is super important. Yeah, and I imagine there's also some back and forth here too with the mover asking the yeah. target, "Am am I impressing you? Like, would this impress your character?" You know, and over the course of play, people would probably start to get a feel for what other characters find impressive. I imagine there's, you know, the daughter of this high powered law firm, whatever, like she's surrounded by men in suits or whatever. So when she sees somebody wearing something else or something that kind of defies convention, that might impress her, you know, showing up to the black tie in your bathing suit because you just had to be there now might be impressive. 
there was a great scene where um we had a caballero who's like a gentleman cowboy knight kind of it means all those words and so it's kind right. of like your your rough and tumble character right mm-hmm. and he had he'd gotten jumped by a bunch of people and like just gotten out of a fight and his clothes were ripped up and like he i think he was bleeding like he, he was in a bad place and he showed up and has expressed his love and was like no i look like garbage and the other person that the 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 guy that he was expressing his love to was like um your shirt's half ripped off yeah. i think you can put that as a yes this is working for me this is working for me yeah let's let's go and so like that's also a way that like you can have kind of the like an additional layer of consent at the table yeah. that the player who's the target gets to go no no this is working i'm into it let's go yeah and I'm sure the conversation can go the other way too, where the person making the move is sure that they're impressing and the person that they're targeting just says, no, that, that wouldn't do it for me. And that's not as interesting, but as long as it's honest, yeah. you know, it, it should, it doesn't make, it doesn't mean you can't make the move. It just means you don't get the plus one, which isn't the yeah. end of the world. Plus one versus not plus one is not a big deal. And it's meant to just mostly be like punchy because like one thing that's nice about asking these questions is that the GM asks the question out loud. Mm -hmm. So like you have the moment where they're like expressing their love and the GM goes, are you dressed to impress? And is like into it. Like, you know, cause you're a fan of the players, you're pushing them forward. And they're like, yeah, you know, do they believe you're single? Yeah. Are you taking control of the situation? Yeah. Okay. Roll plus three. And there's like a good way to like hype up that energy and get that going again. Yeah. And so in the second one, I read this as, do they believe that you're a single? And I'm like, I yes. see what's happening here. <laughs> because, yeah, as as the, you know, the version I have calls out, if they know that you're already engaged with somebody, you, you, you know, you yeah. already professed your love with somebody, that just makes sense. You know, that's, we are fans of players. We want them to succeed. But at the end of the day, that might be, you know, it's hard to say, oh, you're my one true love. And you're <laughs> my one true love. And you're my one true, like, it loses some of it's kind of punched there. Even if it should still be successful and it's still fun, like I, I don't want to put any judgment on it, right? Like it, it isn't a judgment on a person mm-hmm. that, that they don't get to add that plus one. It's just, it's more complicated. And so the right. results you get back should be more complicated, especially in a telenovela. But like, that's a great thing that you can look at the move as you're getting ready to do it and just go like, no, Ricardo means nothing to me. I've left him. He's 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 awful. He's terrible. Uh, you're the only one I love. And then you get to go like, do they believe you're single? Yeah, they do. Plus one. <laughs> that's true. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah. So you can you can make this happen in the same moment that you're trying to do this move. This doesn't have to be. Yeah. Oh, I've been celibate for eight sessions, so I finally get to use this move. You know, this could just you know, and it should because that happens all the time. Yeah, right. And like that does open you up to being accused of lying, but like you know, that's a that's a side, that's a different move. <laughs> that's that's a that's a next episode problem. That's not a this episode problem. <laughs> exactly. And then the rest of the move, as you as you mentioned, there is. Why don't you go ahead and read the the results again yeah. one more time, just so I make sure I have them. On a hit, your target gives themselves to you or reveals a secret they probably shouldn't. On a ten plus, they also tell you whether they love you or not and who else they love. Yeah, so this is good. I, I like that on the hit. There's a choice um, between giving themselves to you and revealing the secret they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Again, this is a great consent opportunity. This isn't forcing anybody to do anything they don't want to do. Yeah. Um, but it still gives you the gravity of what's happening here something interesting is going to happen yeah this is something that it has like definite dna from monster hearts mm-hmm. like you know they give themselves to you language is directly from monster hearts yeah and it's good language yeah I, I mean i think i think she nailed it to the wall when she wrote it that way absolutely um because it is so interpretive mm-hmm. in that way. It doesn't have to mean, and then we get married, or yeah. now we sleep together, or, you know, we're going steady, and here's my letterman jacket. Like, it <laughs> can be anything. It could be all or any of those, plus an infinite other number of choices. Yeah. But I also, I did, I wanted to move away from results that are eventually important. And so actually, Monster Hearts 2 had already come out. Uh, by the time I wrote this new version of the move. So I had a couple different comparison points that I could use. But what we wanted was something. And if you look at the Ashcan, you'll see the older version has eventual results. We wanted something that happens right away. And we wanted something that makes it so that this moment right here is pivotal and big and matters right now. Yeah. So, again, I'm not... um 
an avid watcher of telenovelas, we're still talking about like a 30 minute slice of TV with commercials, right? A lot of them are hour long. Hour long. So, but we're still talking about like, we need it to be punchy now. We can't, we can't give you a thing in the intro and then wait 60 minutes to give you resolution on it. Like we're still trying to evoke, everything has to hit, you know, we're only tuning in for the important bits where we're here to just kind of keep punching and never stop punching. Yeah, I, I've i gotten a bunch of friends to watch telenovelas through <laughs> writing this game and even going <laughs> like, look, just watch this one episode. You'll know nothing ahead of time. If you really get lost, we'll pause it and help you catch up. And the feedback I get most often from people watching telenovelas from the first time mm-hmm. is, oh, wow, so that was a season finale. It's like, no, that was a regular episode. <laughs> that, that is... Every episode is like this. Every episode is this punchy. Every episode hits this much. And yeah. that's that's where the joy of it is, is that you don't have to wait. You know, this isn't a slow burn drama. This this isn't Mad Men where, like, you know, there's four events that occur through a season. Right. Uh, that happens between every commercial break. Um, so one last thing I want to talk about mechanically, and we already talked about it, you know, expressing your love passionately and character relationships is a cornerstone of the whole system and the whole yes. theme that we're going for. So it's probably not surprising that even ju- like I'm assuming there's more playbooks, but just the ones in the ash can, I found four playbooks have uh, like special moves that tie into express your love passionately. Yes. Um, uh- Expressing your love passionately is important in a telenovela. Yes. Um, so, yeah, these four playbooks, they add um, extra conditions um, mm-hmm. for when you can use this move. They add extra questions that you can answer to gain more bonuses to these moves. They add different outcomes to these moves. So virtually what there's like six in this book and four of them have a move that ties into express your love passionately. <laughs> so that should give you an idea of the scope here. So there's always some way to kind of augment that, which I thought was nice mechanically. Just again, it, it, I like I like moves, playbook moves that augment basic moves because I think it's clean and easy and it still has punch. Yeah. But narratively, it also, you know, like we talked about El Jefe, you know, taking control of the room is just his playbook. But this one also adds a condition that when you're doing it kind of dangerously, you can add two other questions you still like get a max bonus but you do express your love passionately in a different way than every other playbook yeah so express your love passionately is the cornerstone we are going to be doing it a lot and i it looks like you took great care to make sure that we're not going to be doing the literal same version of express your love passionately which i think is extremely smart (laughs) and also gives all of these players their own unique twist on it. So they get to they get to be the only one to do it this way and they get to control the scene in that way. So it doesn't it doesn't feel forced, you know, even though it's a cornerstone, Thank even you. though it's basically like the point of the the game here, it still feels natural and it still feels interesting. So I don't I I tried thinking of like another system that had a basic move that like all the playbooks touched and I couldn't come up with a good example. But I think that this is a great uh, way to kind of take that cornerstone move and make it interesting across all the playbooks. I, I think that's something that that has to do with having a pretty finely tuned genre, right? Right. People, I, you see posts all the time like, hey, you can use Dungeons and Dragons to do a romance novel. You can use Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> to do a teen romance. You can do Dungeons and Dragons to use to do a buddy cop movie. And it's like, but why? It's not designed to do that. Yeah. And so if you have something that is more specifically focused, then you can have the space to really get like really in depth for how it happens, right? Like there the violence move in this game is really minor. You 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 mark conditions on people. In the newer in the newer version, you just mark conditions on people. Mm-hmm. Um like if if someone is having if the actual violence is happening, then like the whole you're not really making a move. Something bigger has occurred. But mm-hmm. like with expressing your love, that can be happening all the time. That should be happening all the time. Like telenovelas, so many of them end with like a wedding 
And there's so many of them begin with a wedding and then end with a de- different wedding with one of the same people again. <laughs> um, and so, like, having space for those things to be different and feel a little bit different is definitely one of the things I wanted to have. There's a, a new playbook that is half-written that a big part of it is about being inherently showy. Um, it's uh, LV Vador, the kind of like the playboy. Okay. And it's about being inherently showy. And about like putting on these big glamorous things like, you know, oh, you, you arrive at the beautiful restaurant and the, the wine is already poured, the, the flowers already there, everything like that. But that isn't actually expressing their love. That's just who they are. Like, right. that's just the big response they always give. And like having space for them to then later have like a different express your love that is truer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, cause that should feel different as opposed to like El Caballero, who's all like rough and tumble and doesn't think to do nice things for people. And then, and then they do, and they make a big effort on something. And that's, that's important because they made that big effort. Yeah, exactly. The, a lot of the perception with a lot of role-playing games is the scale goes up from not good to good. Yeah. And what I like about this is is that scale goes not just like up and down, but sideways and all over the place. You know, the caballero, when he brings this cruddy bouquet of daisies, that's meaningful. Yeah. But that also could be meaningful for the playboy who's always doing white roses with diamond dust, you know, bespoke on them. And that's like his deal. So when he shows up with the cruddy flowers, it's still meaningful, but it went the other way. He had to tone it down to be vulnerable and show his true self. The caballero had to try and step outside of his comfort zone by going up a little bit. Yeah. Or maybe like El Vivador, like grew those flowers and it's like, (laughs) it's still like a big grand gesture, but like one that doesn't get him points for making a big grand gesture, you know? Yeah, it's all about, like, the status quo. If you're always giving flowers, then giving flowers is not a grand gesture anymore. Yeah, and I'm trying to, with the game, um, the game uses playsets, so, which is something that, they're kind of like modules almost. It's like, this is what the setting of this show is. These are questions to ask at the beginning of the show. These are some NPCs, these are some moves that build the show. And, like, one of the ones I'm working on is a... Uh, is a restaurant-based one. And so, like, there is Express Your Love Passionately. That's still there. But there's also a move for cooking with somebody. Mm -hmm. And, like, that can still be a sexy, romantic thing. Oh, for sure. Where, like, you know, you're you're moving together in the kitchen. You have to be in sync with each other. You have to be working together. You're tasting, you know, like, people are lifting spoons to each other's lips, everything like that. And so that should also have that same romantic punch but like that romantic punch doesn't matter outside of that setting, right? Yeah, just walking up to somebody on the street and offering them a spoonful of something has a much different, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of feel to it than if you're in the kitchen. Excuse me, let's cook together. <laughs> <laughs> I I brought this portable grill. Can we can we do this? It's gonna be great. You'll love it. <laughs> so also, you know, obviously. You have an agenda in this game uh, that focuses on twisting the character relationships. I think this is also a big one that is in a lot of PBTA games. You know, things, this kind of agenda sounds a lot like, you know, you could look at Monster Hearts again and see a similar one, which is the relationships are key. You have to focus on the relationships. Yeah. Um, you have to punch them up. Um, so it's no shock that Express Your Love Passionately is a cornerstone kind of basic move and also a cornerstone agenda. Yeah, right up there with play to find out what happens is twist the characters' relationships. So this is a thing that we want to be focusing on. And then also you have on the playbooks, you have relationships, which just for comparison's sake, these look a lot like the bonds uh, in Dungeon World, where yeah. you have some pre-written sentences with a blank to fill in with another character. My assumption is that you can resolve these and move on and start writing your own. Like these are meant to change. They've been tightened up a lot. Um, okay. Do you, do you want to look at a playbook for this? Yeah, What absolutely. playbook do you have in front of you right now? I just happen to have uh, LaDanya pulled up in front okay. of me right now. And yeah, oh the relationships God. I have in front of me are you gave some heavy advice to Blank. Tell us whether it worked out and how you benefited either way. And you and Blank have sparred with each other for a long time. What do you have on them? So 
maybe not like the best relationships to kind of highlight, express your love passionately, but I see the second one of, you know, you and Blank have sparred with each other for a long time. That's kind of a, you know, this heated combative relationship that may over time become one of passion. I'm or maybe already is. Or like, maybe already like, is. Sexy rivals are so good. <laughs> yeah. What's actually pretty weird is I'm I'm rewatching House and mm -hmm. this is House and mm. Cuddy. This is Yeah, there's literally sexy rivals in that. This is literally what they do. Like I we we're just like I think we're on the last season, so we're like t like finishing this arc, but they've sparred with each other for a long time. You know, what do you have on them? Mm -hmm. That still could play into express your love passionately. Yeah. So that relation, those relationships have evolved a little bit because I've tried to, I took the, um, the cue from cartel, uh, which has like uh cartel by Mark Diaz Truman, which is also a magpie games production that has these very lasting relationships. Okay. Because I was wanting to move away from the bond feel a little bit because there were like some things that people were like, Oh yeah, we almost kissed last time. And it's like, Oh, that doesn't matter anymore. But it's so like someone you've sparred with for a very long time that matters long-term that's going to go through your entire game. And the new relationship that replaced uh, the advice one, uh, blank is like a broken little bird you take care of. So it's like, it's an opportunity to always come back to that and go like, oh, Teresita, she needs my, she always needs my support. She's this broken little bird. And like, even if she proves herself to be like a total, total amazing badass, you know, you still in your little, your heart of heart, you've got that like, that kind of paternal feeling toward them, right? Yeah. So the the difference here between like the bonds is these are these are not meant to be updated and rewritten on a regular basis, yeah. if at all. Yeah. Okay. So that they makes go, sense. They go through now. Yeah, which is good because I I have played some Dungeon World with people and and really selling that bond system of trying to resolve them to gain XP to write a new yeah. one always seemed hard for people and it wasn't that i it's super weird well yeah and that was it wasn't that i didn't believe them and it wasn't that i thought it was easy it's just i could never put my finger on why specifically that system seemed to kind of peter out so yeah it's it's nice to just be able to write these i assume the system allows like if for example if a character leaves the show in one form or another you might want to create a new relationship with somebody but for the most part nine times out of ten these relationships stay the same yeah, the nice thing about the moves is that they're really designed to build relationships also. Like, mm -hmm. coming back to Express Your Love, the on a 10 plus, they also tell you whether they love you or not and who else they love. Mm -hmm. Like, you might make the role, they choose, they give themselves to you. You have, like, a full-on kiss thing and everyone's like, you know, you're going through the whole thing, moment of intimacy, it's this beautiful scene. And then they say, oh yeah, and I should also mention, <laughs> I do love you, but I also love Rodrigo. Yeah. If you've never met Rodrigo, you now have like a relationship to Rodrigo. You want to go have some words with Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, probably. This is a <laughs> telenovela. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so these relationships seem like a really great way to play into these, you know, this move specifically, but all moves. And again, color the way each person and each pair of players and characters would do express your love passionately. Yeah. So yeah, even though this move is, like you mentioned, this move is really tight and really simple, but depending on the couple, depending on which direction it's going, depending on the relationships, depending on the situation, there's a lot of difference here. This move is not going to be, you know, the same thing every time. Yeah, which is something that's been so fun to see. And I, I think also, given the results and given what it asks, it's helped to promote people really like making their characters really appealing, like whatever that means. And it's been great hearing people just describe their characters being so interesting and appealing and these characters that, that can look a hundred different ways, that can be a hundred different ways, that can act a hundred different ways, just going like, this is where I am charming. This is where I am sexy. This is where I am desirable. And just hitting that so well because it invites you to it's like hey do this thing and then for people to go yeah this is what i'm like you know i'm i'm going i'm i'm flustered or i'm or i'm unsure or i'm i'm passionate as well and like just like amp up the volume of the relationship in that moment yeah absolutely 
So my usual third section here is GM response, but this okay. move this move is really governed by the players. Like you said, the GM asks the questions to kind of like move things along, but yeah, the player answers the questions. the The target of this move answers questions and makes choices. Is the intent here to really have the GM kind of sit back and watch this move kind of play out? Or are they supposed to be more actively arbitrating whether or not the move should be triggered and whether or not the questions are answered correctly? How much do you kind of envision the GM being a part of this scene? So for for a lot of the moves in this game, I view the GM role as kind of like a, a hype man or an amplifier. Mm-hmm. You're there to make sure that things keep getting turned up. Okay. And so when someone goes like, and then I make flirty eyes at him, you go, okay. He's like, I'm trying to express my love passionately. You're like, haven't done that yet. Nope. Nope. You've just made flirty eyes. Flirty eyes is allowed. There's no move for flirty eyes. Right. Keep doing it. You know, I love it. I love that you put in that detail, but I need more. And so like pulling them out to do that. And like when they say yes to dress to impress, you don't just say, okay, cool. You say, what does that look like? How is your character dressed to impress? Because we want to get that visual. We want to get that scene where we're going like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like you want the table to be rooting for it. With the, do they believe you're single? That tends to be handled by the other player for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the results tend to be governed by the players. Unless it's a six minus. Sure. <laughs> because then you've got the GM move. And so that's kind of where there's this balance in this game is as the GM, you're not making a lot of threats. The characters are really pushing against each other or they're really fighting each other. They're dealing with each other. They're jockeying for position, which makes it simultaneously easier because you don't need to do any big threat management for the most part. But it also makes it harder because it means when you have those misresults, when you need to make a move, it isn't always as obvious. When you express your love passionately and they roll a six minus, you're not like, okay, you take harm, right? right? You need to do something new, which might be, okay, great. You hear footsteps running away from the door. Mm-hmm. And the players are looking around like, like, oh man, who was that? I chase after them. And it could be that it's one of the players. It could be that we don't answer that question yet. It could be that like at that moment, uh, there's a recording device underneath the pillow. Or you could like, you know, give control over to the other player and say like, They've expressed their love to you. You've got the opportunity. You've got the upper hand. What information do you pull out of them? Right. So like you're kind of just instead of being like, hey, here's my plot. Interact with my plot. You're just kind of like pulling on little strings and like going like encouraging people. Oh, you know what? This would be a great time to really get at them. Right. Uh, Which I think is, is it's a different role for the GM, but I've been really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, what I like about it is it's not arbitrating whether or not the move fired. It's yeah. It's intentionally making them get to triggering the move. It's always saying, and then what? And then what? And then what? Now you've triggered mm-hmm. the move. Which I think is, yeah. it's probably what most systems want the GM to do, but I've never seen a mm-hmm. system just call it out and say, you need, like, as the GM, if they're not doing the move, don't punish them for that. Tell them what, yeah. just explicitly say, here's what you have to do to trigger this move in this situation. Do it. I want you yeah. to do it. I'm giving you space to do it. And then on the back end, obviously, you know, oh, a miss. Time for the GM to do a thing. But again, it's not a system in which harm is dealt, which is always the easiest yeah. thing to do is just deal harm or, you know, whatever. But in those non-violent, non-high fantasy, you know, non-combative systems you almost always take that away. Yeah. And it can be a little tricky for GMs. I think probably the like the biggest trick for GMs for Pasión de las Pasiones is remembering that turn their move back on them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, a, that's a great, G- first off, that's a great GM move in general, right? But for like PvP stuff, it's exceptionally good. Right. Because you can just look down at the move and go, uh, you failed. So I would like you to reveal a secret and tell them who and tell them truthfully whether you love them or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just oh, <laughs> just read the inverse of the move back to them and yeah. be like, you're up. Exactly. Because like because 90 percent of the interaction in Pasión de las Pasiones is PVP. Mm-hmm. Like it's 
it has a little bit of GMless flavor in that it has the GM like running some NPCs and doing some things like that, making some consequences. But the main characters are the main characters of your show. Mm-hmm. And so it, it takes a very specific style of GMing that has been such a delight to see people doing because it looks very different from other games, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. It, it already feels that way to me. Like, you know, the, I think you nailed it with, you know, them being a hype person. Yeah. This is a, you know, this is a cheerleader. This is somebody who is trying to get you somewhere and, you know, yeah, it's on them to like know the whole rule book in and out and can answer your questions and get you to where you need to go. And it's not a person who's just there to throw mindless NPCs and harm at you. Yeah. Like one thing that I've seen and talked with, because I've talked with a whole bunch of people that have GM the game is people asking like, Hey, is it okay if I start shipping two characters? And I'm like, I think it's, it's, it's not okay if you are forcing the plot in that direction, but it's also not okay if you're not shipping any characters because you should be like, you should be as someone interacting and feeling this show going like, Oh my gosh, I just want them to make it. I want them to be okay. (laughs) I mean, that's not only is that a common response to people watching TV shows, that's a common response of people in the real world. Oh yeah. You you look, you look at, you know, these star crossed lovers or, you know, heck you're just at a coffee shop and see somebody ordering a coffee and you've never met them before. And you're like, Oh, I, I, they should get together. Like, that's just the thing we process. We, we look for coupling in that way. Look at them. They're so cute. Right. You know, like they just (laughs) had like a fun flirty interaction and maybe they've never met each other in their lives, but in your brain, you're looking at that situation going, man, I hope they make it. You're looking for happiness in everyday situations. And I, I love that this system does that. This is, we're always giving you that opportunity. I, I, when you said that, you're like, oh, should I ship these characters? I'm like, yeah, probably. That sounds yeah. like <laughs> that sounds like what we're doing here. Yeah, def, <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of like the that like GM principle of uh, of being a fan of the characters. If you're the mm-hmm. fan of the characters in a urban fantasy setting, you want them to be successful. You want to see them be badass. You want to see them be super cool. If you're fans of the characters in a telenovela you want to see them kiss somebody like while standing on a boat. And that's what being a fan of the characters means for that. Right. I think we all just want to get kissed on a boat. To mm-hmm. be honest. I think that's a, a universal thing. I think maybe goals for 2019 <laughs> that everybody can put down. <laughs> everybody put it down. Yeah. We'll see how many people make it happen. Add it to your resolution list right now and send me a message on Twitter uh, as soon as it happens. <laughs> I got to come up with a hashtag for that. I'm actually super into this idea. <laughs> hashtag kissed on a boat. <laughs> hashtag kissed on a boat. This has been great. Do you have any other kind of last minute thoughts on GM response or just anything about express your love passionately in general that you wanted to to call out here? I, th- I think honestly, like I like this move because it makes the moment in the telenovelas. Like it, it, it makes some of the most signature moments. Mm-hmm. There's few things that are more satisfying when someone rolls, they roll a 10 plus and the other person says, I give myself to you and I tell you that I love you. Hold on. Let me tell you I love you. And and then that's it. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is resolved. There's no question. There's no mm-hmm. ambiguity. It's like these two characters love each other and are together. And that's so beautiful and so cool. But then you also get like, the the seven to nines or the 10 pluses where they go like, yeah, I give myself to you. And then I tell you that I love your brother. And like, that's also so telenovela and that sets up so much plot. And so like, you know, people talk like as a GM, when things start to slow down, set off an explosion mm-hmm. as a player in Pasión de las Pasiones, when things start to slow down, express your love passionately. Yeah. I mean, this is true of, of virtually every PBTA move. But I see it here so clearly in its DNA. There's no bad here. Like there's no, yeah. you know, something is going to happen to progress the story in a very meaningful and interesting way. When you do this move, there's no chance of nothing happening. Yeah. I guess the least interesting situation is you roll a seven to nine and they give themselves to you and you don't know if they care about you or not. But like that's still pretty interesting it's still still got intrigue i mean that's just loaded with you know they still have the opportunity to to say nope i don't or oops i thought you were you were your secret 
twin. Like there's yeah, still well. <laughs> so much there. Yeah. And so I just, I love anytime I see someone gearing up to express their love, I just get like ready to start cheerleading them until they do. And just like, it's like, just like pulling it out of, it's like, cause some people you have to like pull it out of them a little bit and other people mm-hmm. just like look at it and go, oh, I get this game. If someone looks at Express Your Love passionately and goes, I get this game, they're going to have fun playing Pasión de los Pasiones. Yeah, definitely. I think this is, you know, the poster child for this system. Yeah. And if this move interests you, you will enjoy the rest of the game. Yeah. It's it's that and accuse someone of lying, but <laughs> different different episode, different thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those are those are key moments. So absolutely. I love it. I love this. I love I love what you've done here. I, again, I I love those thematic pbta games that are based on a concept and i think you've just nailed this one big time and you know everything i think i know about telenovelas i feel here and i also feel like i know more about telenovelas now because i have looked at this game thank you matthew it was as as i was sitting down to write this game it was really important to me that it be a game that is like inherently latinx right like this isn't a game that is meant to play soap opera. It's meant mm-hmm. to play telenovela. And like in the full version of the text, it says um, under look, there isn't an option for racial identity because mm-hmm. you're playing Latinx characters. If you're not playing Latinx characters, you're not playing Pasión de las Pasiones. You've hacked Pasión de las Pasiones and are doing something else. And I'm not going to take responsibility for it. Yeah. And so like having a game that feels like a telenovela was so important to me. And it's been so wonderful talking with people that do have a background in it that go like, I remember going to my Tia's house and she would always be watching this show and this feels like this. Or like talking to people that go like, oh, I've never I've never watched a telenovela. Um, I saw some previews for Jane the Virgin. This seems like that, but like, am I going to be able to get it? And then like playing with them for half an hour and they're getting it. Right. And like, I just, I love having like an opportunity to bring a part of my culture that's really important to me into the mainstream, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I think we need more of that. We need more of that everywhere. I need more of that. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm just like the, the white Midwestern American kid who, you know, I moved to Seattle about 15 years ago and I remember getting off the plane and going to downtown Seattle and just looking around and saying, I literally had no idea there were this many different types of people. And it's yeah, blowing yeah. my mind. And I, that hasn't stopped. You know, I for 15 years, I'm still learning new things and seeing new people and learning about new cultures and stuff. And that's something that no matter how hard you try and no matter where you live, you there's always more you don't know. And I love seeing games like this come out that on the surface almost look too niche. Like you look at it and you're just saying, <laughs> this, the audience for this game has to be so small. But yeah, but the purpose or one of the purposes I might infer from a game like this is to get people who are not inherently interested in it to be interested yeah. in it as a means Absolutely. to explore other cultures. So I like it. I, I, I feel a connection to this game already. I feel also one of the things I always worry about with playing, you know, games that encourage me to play a queer character or a character of a different gender than me or a character of a different culture than me is I always am terrified I'm going to do something wrong yeah. and do something offensive and do something ignorant. And I don't feel that here as much. You know, I feel like, Good. yeah, there's there's things that I'm not going to get. But <laughs> because this is wrapped up in telenovela, I can always just kind of lean on going over the top and being close enough. Like, I'll be close to right and we'll correct from there. But I won't be just outside the ballpark doing something completely offensive. Yeah. And like, like that is something that I've had so many conversations about. It looks like I've had people tell me that it is racist for me to write a game that insists that your characters are a specific race and that Pasión de las Pasiones is inherently racist because it demands that white players play Latinx characters. God forbid a game <laughs> force somebody to do something that is different than their real life. Yeah, like uh, how dare you? My I, I I can't even imagine what my face looked like during that conversation because <laughs> because they also that conversation went on to also tell me that it was racist 
for me to request that players not put on accents while playing at my table. Because uh, I'm not super comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to do that. Because, like, I, I played a game with some people where, like, someone put on a Speedy Gonzalez voice. Like, a literal, like, a, a really good Speedy Gonzalez voice, I will say. <laughs> it's a good impression, but still very not what we're aiming for here. Yeah, wildly offensive. Like, clearly, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Speedy Gonzalez is... Compl- has no benefits. There are there are things I love about Speedy Gonzalez being a thing that exists. Um, when I was a young Latinx kid growing up, Speedy Gonzalez was the Latinx character I knew, and so like you know he's he's got some some importance to me. Mm-hmm. But like you're like that's not like if you're saying a Latinx person, this is what a Latinx person is, and they are Speedy Gonzalez. And y'all just gonna have to deal with that. Like that's that's what what is even happening? That's horrible. Yeah, yeah. And so like, but I think that when people come in with care and with wanting to play people and wanting to play like a story that makes sense and is cohesive and is about love and romance and these things that are intrinsic to being human that are not just things that Latinx people have, obviously, that is when you can get like an opportunity to have a game filled with people that aren't necessarily the people at the table and i love that yeah it's not like you can put on a flawless guatemalan accent or something and yeah that's not gonna sell the whole character though like the accent doesn't make the character there's traits and drives and you know behaviors that are gonna really sell a, a real character gonna actually make that character feel real yeah so the accent to me feels like it's not going to help that much ever and yeah. could also detract pretty regularly. So I, I'm I'm with you. I think I would probably have that same gut reaction as to just like, let's not try and make caricatures here. Let's not try and do impressions. Let's just get into this and, and be true to it. It's such an easy place to make a misstep while you're trying to do a good job. Like most mm-hmm. of the the stuff that I've seen that I've been horrified by hasn't been people that were playing in good faith. It's been people that were like, oh, I'm going to make fun of this thing, right? right? And like mostly that hasn't been playing Pasión dos Pasiones because there's a great self-selection thing that the 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 racist dude that doesn't want Latinx people in his game, uh, he's not going to play Pasión dos Pasiones. Right. And that's great and that's fine. And like, I would love to get his money because I want to have more money and I want him to have less money, but I'm not going to get his money and he's not going to play my game and I'm not going to pretend that he's going to play my game. So the game isn't written for him and it is written for people that want to have this cultural experience and for people that have had this cultural experience. And like when I have a Latinx player at my table, I am so excited. It's so nice uh, because I grew up in an area that, I was that like I kind of am like the token minority mm-hmm. uh, and have been the token minority like a bunch of different times. And that sometimes works and sometimes that sucks. But I'm like, I'm like, I'm now getting to be a part of this wider RPG environment that has uh, that has no wall coming out, which is even more niche seeming than Pasión de las Pasiones because it's about it's about anti-colonialism and being a part of an identity that is inherently colonial and also colonized and is about killing and butchering and eating angels. And that's, that's from Miguel Espinosa and it's phenomenal and everyone should get it. And like, it's got cartel uh, coming out from Mark Diaz Truman, uh, which is about like this really dark, horrible thing that is happening. That is really happening in this world with these cartels that it's not glorified in the game. And Mm -hmm. you see it and you see like the pain and you see the suffering and it's a hard game to play and people should buy it and it's amazing. And you've got Pasión and like you need these different games. You need to have communities coming together and going like we're going to put out a bunch of experiences because there is no singular experience of being a single race. I love Black Panther. Black Panther is not the full experience of being black or of being African. And it shouldn't be. It is a part of it. And that is important to have. But we also need to have all of the rest of the stories. We need to have all of these stories coming forward. And I'm just pumped that it's coming into the indie scene. 
and now I'm just rambling. No, that's that. That's what we talked about at the top. Was just PPTA. One of the great appeals for me, anyway, of PPTA is just the wide breadth of content and yeah. also the nuance of content. Like you said, you just named three Latinx games that all define and show you a different slice of the same real cultural experience. They're all valid. Yeah. They're all real. They all build into a whole. And no one person, you know, I would never look at a Latinx person and be like, oh, you're you're a telenovela. That's your culture. That's <laughs> yeah. not even in the ballpark of correct or or right. But it's probably part of their life. But maybe their family was also touched by cartel. And yeah. learning all of these different things is how you start learning about the real complicated, messy people that live in every culture. Yeah. It's been fascinating because like there's kind of there's this I'm calling it like a Latin explosion. Five years ago, I couldn't have told you a Latinx game or like even told you a game that like really pushed like in even that identity. Right. Mm -hmm. And now every PBTA game that I have played recently has a line on it that I get to circle Latinx. And that's so cool. And like j just like you were saying that people have multiple needs for the expression. Right. Like I. I grew up with telenovelas as a part of my life. Absolutely. And in Peru, the Shining Path is a thing. And that's a big deal. And like, have I've got some connection to some of the cartel story as well. And like, I, I wish I didn't. But like, having that be something that can be explored by people and be seen by people in a way that is serious and that takes things serious and holds people as people is so important. Um, we don't hunt and eat a lot of angels. But... Uh, I think that's that's more of a Mexican <laughs> thing than a Peruvian thing, uh, yeah. but like you know, <laughs> important to have. Yeah, I I mean I think that statement is true of a lot of people. I think so. Uh, but it like you said, now now you can have some window into that experience in a mm. safe, in a contained, in a personal way, but it's still a real window. And again, like this isn't about. Well, okay. I'm not gonna say it's not about racism. What I'm gonna say isn't about necessarily being racist. It's just some people don't know, and yeah. they would never know in their regular routine of daily life. Absolutely. I grew up in Michigan. Now, <laughs> yes, there was a a large population of migrant workers there. So by mm -hmm. definition, I had access to those types of people. But even in that small contained space, we were separated. Yeah. And if I had just gone about my daily life and never asked a question or never looked into anything, even though I was mere miles away from uh, a whole culture of people, I wouldn't have known about it. So it does have to be, yeah. you know, a lot, I hear the term force. You're forcing this culture. You're forcing these ideals and, and things on me. And she's like, yes, I am. I am doing <laughs> that because you you should know these things. I'm not asking you to become this culture. I'm not asking you to do anything differently with your life. Yeah. But to simply sit there and say, I just don't even want to know about these cultures seems bizarre and wild to yeah. me that anyone would feel that way. Like, do you okay, don't want to play this game? Don't play this game. But yeah. there's nothing there's nothing wrong with this game because it makes you feel uncomfortable. And it's it's tough because there's been like in America, and I, I imagine elsewhere, um, there's been like this, this very, you can't talk about race because talking about race is racist thing. And like, oh, like the whole like 90s, oh, I don't see color, which is just like, you know, kind of <laughs> excuses. Right. But like, like, I think we got to be really aware in our indie sphere that we have people that are doing really great, phenomenal work that that, that are minority people. And also we have things that come out that are like, this is a game that is about conquering and killing the people that were here before. Mm -hmm. And like, wow, that's being written by some guy that isn't a colonized person. Like mm -hmm. when I was testing Pasión de las Pasiones at a convention I was at, I realized 15 minutes into the game, because I like to, we took like a little bio break that at a table near me, someone was play testing a game uh, that was about that like you got uh, rewards and points by taking over land from indigenous peoples, and like man, that's really messed up. Like yeah. you, like it can't be that we have a space that is you can't have a space that is welcoming and safe 
for people of color, if it is also a space that is open and welcoming to people that that want to like incentivize uh, killing brown people. Right. But, you know, that's the thing is for the white people who don't look, you know, lift their eyes and actually look, mm -hmm. you do get rewarded for taking land from indigenous people. Yeah. Because you're purposefully ignoring the other side of the story. That same person would never play the game that is you have to be the indigenous people and you have to have your land taken away from you and you have to live in squalor and you have yeah. to have no rights. They would say, oh, I'm never playing that game. It's like, yeah. nobody wants to play that game. But you know what? Most of the world has to play that game yeah, in like, real life. That's their real honest life. And you're too stubborn to even read a book about it. And that's just super offensive, honestly. Like, you're not yeah. even going to take the time to acknowledge this real thing happens. And, like, there's there's this difficulty that, like, there is this growth, like, right? There's this blooming community of people that are writing games that are about oppression. Uh, and, like, Pasión isn't really about oppression. It's about a cultural ex expression. Mm -hmm. But, like, that there is, like, this group of, like, building people, these, these building players in this space that, like, yeah, we have to accept on a certain level, hey, Mark Diaz Truman, uh, you're not getting uh, money for cartel from the people that want to play Puerto Rico which is like one of those like colonizing games and like mm -hmm. uh, Miguel Espinoza, no one's buying Nahual and also that. And like uh, Nell Rabin from the others, no one's buying your game and also that. And like DC from Mutants in the Night, yeah, sorry, no one's buying your game and also that. And so like having this growth space and having like a space that you can go like, these are cultures that you're not connected to and here's how they're beautiful and how they're important and how they exist is so important for the indie space. Um, and I, I just looked at the time and I realized that 25 minutes ago, you said like, let's wrap this up with one thing. <laughs> and I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, my, you know, yeah. And like, so 25 minutes ago, I said we should wrap up. 30 minutes ago, I was like, well, I'll just have to cut some stuff out. And now I'm just like, nope, everybody's going to listen to the full audio of this episode because it's too good to cut. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I, yeah. I no, appreciate I, that. And honestly, like, again, if that's, if that's what I, I can't, I could never write this game. I could never write this game. And I literally have had game ideas where I said, I want to write this game. And I started and I'm like, nope, I cannot be the person to write this game. Mm -hmm. I will spend the rest yeah. of my life finding somebody to write this game and I will edit yeah. for them and I will play test for them and I will cheerlead and support them in any way I can, but I can't be the person to write about this experience. Yeah, Absolutely. So if, if all I can do is run a podcast and <laughs> highlight these games, then so be it. If that's what I can do, that's what I will do. And I think that that's very important. People need to know these things exist. And it does need to be a little forcible because that's how else are you going to find stuff outside of your normal experience? That's why we call yeah. it your normal experience. <laughs> well, Matthew, thank you so much for the work that you are doing and for making thank the you. hard move. It's one of my very favorite podcasts. I've oh, been that's like so that's really awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm, obsessed. I'm 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 happy people are getting into it. Again, I've said this many times, even if I just had these conversations and saved them on my hard drive to listen to later myself, it would still be valuable to me. I'm glad other people are listening. I'm glad people are out there getting value out of this. Absolutely. It's been it's been pushing my design, which is a really nice thing. Oh, that's honestly one of the greatest compliments I think I've ever had. So thank you. <laughs> well, well, you can decide if you want to air it or or not. That's up to you. But like publicly, I'm going to say the hard move. Love it. I, I guess if you've listened to an hour and 20 minutes, <laughs> you probably feel the same way. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I think we should actually wrap up. Brandon, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners where they can find you um, and where they can check out your cool works? All right. The place that I interact with people the most is on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Captain Kobold, or you can look for my name, which is Brandon Leon Gambetta. You can get Pasión de las Pasiones in its Ashcan form on the Magpie site or through DriveThruRPG. If you are interested in hearing some of my game design work, uh, I do a lot of that over at Stop Hack and Roll, which is a podcast about hacking games, uh, at Stop Hack and Roll or Stop Hack and Roll in your podcatcher. Or you can hear me playing games and doing some masks, uh, teenage drama stuff over at Protean City Comics. I also now am on Twitch, also at Dr. Captain Cobald, where I've been doing a lot of design streams for another upcoming game. 
and will hopefully soon be doing some playing. I want to do in 2019 more streams of games, which will include Pasión de los Pasiones and other Latinx games, if I'm able to set that up. God, I got a lot of stuff I talk about got, now. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I feel the same way. It's just like, am I really doing all these projects? This is insane. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to all of the cool stuff you got coming out. I got obviously looking forward to, um, you know, Passion coming out later this year. I will 100% be checking that out. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to put that one on my shelf. So thank you for taking time and coming on the show. Thank you for making this game. Uh, and thank you for all the content you make. It's again, we need more voices in, in this indie space. Like you said, it that's the only way it's ever going to get recognized is just by keep having that conversation. Thank you, Matthew. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I bent your ear for so long, but uh, it was just good. so much fun. Thank you it's so good. much. That's, that's, you know, I, if I didn't like having those conversations, it'd be pretty weird that I set up this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Awesome. All right. Thank you again, Brandon and listeners. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us gush and ramble for as long as we have. Um, we'll have another episode out for you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. The Hard Move is hosted and produced by Matthew Gravelin. You can follow the show on Twitter at The Hard Move and support the show at patreon.com slash The Hard Move. Music is by Nick Gravelin. You can find his work at nickgravelin.com. Content featured in this episode is from Pasión de las Pasiones by Brandon Leon Gambetta. For more information, visit magpiegames.com. <laughs>